0: Hello everyone, welcome to the sidecast Podcast. I'm your host, Ashton Yoon, and this podcast you're about to listen to is about psychology, therapy, and mental health. Now, I'm sure most of you have heard stories and the perspectives of the patients, but this podcast will show us the perspectives of the therapists instead. Thank you for taking time to do this interview. I have sure. some questions for you, but I want this to be more conversational. So before I ask you any questions, you want to introduce yourself?
1: Sure. My name is Dr. Jason Coleman, side D. I'm from New Jersey. Currently, I kind of split my time between Philadelphia and New Jersey, teaching in Philadelphia and at one county college in New Jersey. And my main job is kind of as an evaluator and a psychologist working with abuse and neglect in New Jersey. So that's my main job. In terms of a little bit of background, I went to Howard University for my bachelor's degree. I went to Montclair State and got a master's degree, child and adolescent psychology for my master's. And then I went to Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine and got a master's degree there. And I got my doctorate in uh, psychology there. So that's kind of the quick version of it. All right. Thank you.
0: So what inspired you to become a psychologist and specifically said was it abuse and neglect?
1: Yes. I didn't really start out in this field. I started out really in the social work field as a mm-hmm. case manager. You know, the, the terminology changes from state to state, but in terms of the foster care system in New Jersey, we don't use the word foster care anymore. We use the word resource children. Okay. So, you know, I started out as a resource care case manager going out to the children's homes, making sure they were doing their homework, you know, making sure they had the basic necessities. And the one thing I kind of found out or I kept running into was that a lot of the children and especially the boys, they didn't want to go to therapy. And one of their main complaint or gripe, let's say for lack of a better term, was that there wasn't a lot of male therapists and there wasn't a lot of therapists of color. So eventually after hearing that year after year, you know, I decided to kind of pursue my education to become a therapist. And just kind of in the field, you you kind of realize once you get into the field that you start or end your education, depending on how kind of how much control you want to have over the treatment plan. And as I started doing therapy, I realized, you know, there were things, you know, culturally and otherwise that I wanted to incorporate, you know, that I had to, I had to kind of run by somebody. And if they didn't think that it was important, then it didn't get included. So, you know, that kind of inspired me to continue my education and get my doctor.
0: I see. What kind of things do you do to like differentiate yourself from like other therapists to you know, get these boys? Oh uh,
1: one thing I do, I mean this is gonna sound very simple, but you know, I try to listen, right? Sure. Because, you know, again, you know, I'm forty I'm forty years old, you know, but a lot of the people I work with, you know, they're teenagers, you know, they're adolescents you know, they're young adults in their early twenties, you know, their experiences are different than mine. So I try to listen. There's a lot going on nowadays in terms of family violence, community violence. And I think it gets swept under the rug when it comes to trauma. The other thing I try to incorporate, I'm a big advocate for trauma being stored in the body in different ways, you know? So I try to incorporate a lot of, I don't want to call them alternative treatments because they're, mainstream at this point, but when we talk about like yoga, mindfulness, those type of things, try to introduce them, you know, to my clients. And when we're talking about, you know, specifically a lot of the times males, you know, who might be African American or Latino, these are not saying that they've never heard of these interventions, but this might be the first time that some of my clients are actually engaging in them when it comes to stress relief. So those are two things that I kind of try to incorporate. I see.
0: What do you consider to be like one of the most important traits for like a therapist or a psychologist?
1: I would say authenticity. Mm-hmm. And again, this field, one thing I tell people, I don't want to discourage anybody from getting into this field, but yeah. We have to understand our own biases and our deficits, right? And we have to actively work on them, whether that's in supervision or whether that is talking to our clients and acknowledging, you know, areas that we're not familiar with, whether it be culture, or whether it just be our clients' interests, right? Because one, it presents an opportunity for us to grow. And two, you know, I'm a big proponent of putting, you know, my client in the lead, for lack of a better term, in certain situations in terms of therapy. Let them teach you. If you have a client from a different culture, let them teach you. Your position is is solid. It's not going anywhere. All you're gonna do, if anything, my experience has been. Is build on that, you know, that relationship that's so important. So, those are kind of some things that I think are definitely important. All
0: right. You said you mentioned introducing your clients to like yoga or like meditation, especially for like the younger clients. Do you ever face like resistance to like those kinds of methods?
1: Always, always. (laughs) Because, listen, all of us as kids, you know, regardless of where we grow up, regardless of culture, when, whenever we're crying, we run to mom, dad, our caregiver. One thing they all, always tell us is like breathe, right? So we've been engaging in some of these type of activities, you know, for a long time. But, you know, in terms of the, the science behind it, that's that's not always communicated, right? Yeah. So sometimes it's, you know, and, and again, you're asking about younger clients. So a lot of times even giving them that psychoeducation, you know, it's not necessarily age appropriate or effective with a six-year-old. But they can feel the immediate effects of certain interventions when they're done properly. So when we can break down yoga using like age-appropriate books or simple mindfulness techniques or simple diaphragmatic breathing techniques, make it fun and and just incorporate different things that you know kids think are fun. And then sometimes do different things, like do them as groups and other things like that. We can get them to buy in. And once they feel kind of like the relief that comes along with it, well, there's children or adults, they'll, they'll buy it. But a lot of times, you know, it's kind of just about rolling with that apprehension, you know, and being able to, you know, kind of laugh and look silly in the session, you know, while you're demonstrating it so that client can kind of see your guard come down, you know, and be willing to try something.
0: Yeah. What would you say is like one of your most memorable experiences with the client?
1: Well, I mean, all of us as therapists, I think, you know, we're going to probably tie some of our most memorable experiences to client successes. Sure, But I would just say, looking back, I mean, I've been doing it for a little while. So when I look at foster care or the resource care and that system, the kids who have broke, you know, generational cycles of poverty and come out, gotten their education, become social workers, therapists in some cases, that's what's most impressive to me. Because again, we're talking about I'm calling them kids because I had them since they were so young, but we're talking about people that are, were supposed to be statistics, yeah. you know, but they're breaking not only cycles of generational poverty, but, you know, they they can relate to clients in a way, you know, that, you know, I, I could never do it. I, I could never because I haven't had that experience. So I think those are the things that I look back on most often. I see. Okay.
0: Was there ever a point in time where like, you thought, oh, I'm switching careers or like, I can't be psychologist. Oh, no.
1: oh, no, no, no. No, I, I will tell you this. If we're just being honest, yeah, we all have doubts, right? Like sure. if you're going through a five-year doctoral program, I always tell people like if my refrigerator could talk, right? All yeah. the things I've thrown at it, you know, said to my walls. I mean, if we're just being honest, right? As grad students, college students, even, you know, we go through our own stressors. We have families, you know, some people have children. So we're all going to have a sense of doubt that creeps in. But, you know, I have a little mantra where it's like, listen, it's OK to have that pity party, but you just got to set a limit. Mm-hmm. So for some people, it's going to be an hour. For some people, it's going to be a day for me. If it's that bad, I'll give myself three hours, you know, mm-hmm. um, but you just got to get back on the horse. It's been a long career you know, I was in school for 12 years when we're talking about college, you know, grad school. So I would be sitting here lying to you if I told you that I was just, just (laughs) gung ho the whole time. I mean, you want to give up, but those are the times where you got to think about if you, if you're lucky enough to have, you know, family members supporting you or kids, or if you have nobody, you got to just lean on what you hope to do in the future. But we all go through it. You know, I've had, you know, classmates and friends that have going through, you know, insomnia, long nights, you know, depressive symptoms, anxiety. It, it happens. Therapists, you know, we're people. I think the point is, you know, you just, you know, like with everything else, you just want to have a good circle of support and have some coping skills that you can kind of lean on. Just take the lumps and keep going.
0: You said uh, you had to go through 12 years of school, right? What kind of like advice or tips would you give to someone who's trying to get into the field of psychology?
1: I would say, do your research first. That's true almost with any field because listen, it's a good idea. We we have so many shows that are out here, you know, so people, sometimes people get into fields and they think they're going to end up doing one thing. And that's not really what people in the field actually do. You know, my advice to people would be not to discourage anybody. We need, we need as many people as we can get, but just know what you're getting yourself into. Right. So especially with the internet, with social media, there's really no excuse. There's so many people out here that are accessible, that will respond to you, that are willing to, I mean, safely mentor you from, you know, from a distance, provide you information, but just know what you're getting yourself into. But other than that, I would just say know the differences between, you know, psychology, social work, counseling, There, there are some, there's a lot of overlap, but there's a lot of distinct differences. So, just kind of know the difference before you start pursuing a degree yeah
0: so i guess some fun questions i guess have you picked up any like new hobbies any
1: quarantine hobbies recently yes actually okay i mean i actually started you know a podcast since the pandemic started so anybody has a chance you can find us on the you know the black psychologist podcast Mm on youtube i also started a little online kind of, kind of shop for, you know, people to get their mental health, clothing, advocate, reduce stigma. I like doing projects. Like I like doing these kind of, these Lego creator projects. So I put together Harley Davidson motorcycle there, you know, just trying to grow in different ways. I've I've always developed an interest in, you know, in the stock market. I've been, you know, kind of following that and started to invest a little bit. So my advice to people is just to kind of use this as an opportunity. You know, there's been a lot of things that were taken away from us. A lot of my coping mechanisms were taken away in terms of the gym and having access to family and stuff. But we did have an opportunity to do a lot of other, you know, productive things and, you know, start some things that we, we hadn't done before. What about you? Is there anything you, uh, you got into that was a uh, new, any new interest? I guess
0: I've recently started like cooking, Okay. Um, listening to mu- new music. I saw your, what was it? What Zoom username? The real J Cole? Yeah, the real J um, Cole. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, the real
1: J Cole. My, that's my Zoom username on Instagram, psychdoc973. Psych yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. been listening so to what,
0: some mu- new music.
1: What, what kind of uh, music are you checking out?
0: Well, basically, like nowadays, any kind of music. My friends got me just listening to some rap. So J Cole is one of. Artists they recommended, okay. Uh, just like any any genres, yeah.
1: Oh, J Cole is a is a, you know J Cole is a legend. I have one question for you. Sure, 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 you got a minute. What kind of sparked your interest in the field, and what are you open to do?
0: Well, originally it was just interested in like like medical field, and then I started like looking at like different specific professions, and like nowadays like with COVID, mental health was a huge thing because like. You know, like adolescents, people around my age, people are going through a lot of stuff with COVID. So that's the main thing that sparked my interest in like mental health, psychology, that kind of thing.
1: All right. So where are you at in your, in your career right now? Well, this is the
0: start. I want to, you know, start doing interviews with psychologists, therapists, social workers, just see how, how the field is, get some insight from professionals about what really happens in the field of psychology, how therapists do their jobs.
1: All right. Well, listen, same way you reached out to me before, you know, if there's anything I can do to help, you know, whether it's, you know, another session like this or just, you know, for some advice, you know, please reach out. And I just want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing, man, because, you know, we need young people like you in the field. Like we need you, man. So just, I just want to encourage you, man. All right.
0: Thank you very much.
1: No problem. I I appreciate you. I appreciate the invite. Thank you. And with
0: that, today's podcast will come to an end. Thank you so much to Mr. Jason Coleman for talking with me today. You can find him at psychdoc973 on Instagram. In the next episode, I will get the chance to talk to Ms. Natalie Feinblatt. Thank you everyone so much for listening and goodbye.